Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. Just representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the focal focal point of my change. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. Hope you're doing well. Hope your running is doing well. This week, my running has been up and down. It's been a little a little funky. It's school vacation week. And if you have school vacation week around you, then you know that it can be pretty wild. It's fun to have the kids around. It's fun to do fun things with them. But also can alter your schedule a little bit. And it definitely did with mine. Uh, it's funny. I, some highs and lows. Yesterday on Wednesday, I had like a four to six mile run I was going to do. Nice and easy recovery day. And I felt like hot garbage. <laughs> Felt awful. Uh, then today, I had a long run, 13 miles with 20 minutes. I had a moderate to hard effort, um, real solid tempo in there, and I felt great. So just one of those weeks, man. What can you do? But anyway, I'm excited to have Victoria Polk here on the podcast. She is incredible. She has been doing some remarkable things over the last year. I've been following her for a long time, but the last year, my goodness, this woman went from being Definitely fast and was doing amazing things to like just out of this world type stuff, like 1740 in the 5K, low 120s in the half marathon, just seemingly out of nowhere, and also pretty low training, too. And I couldn't wait to get her on the podcast to talk about all of this stuff because she is truly just a remarkable person and is really putting out some, uh, some high level stuff for an amateur runner. In addition to that, go follow her on Instagram. Her handle is run underscore Victoria underscore run. She talks about a lot of interesting topics on there, important stuff, stuff that in retrospect, I wish I had asked her more about. <laughs> so maybe she could, maybe she get her back on the podcast another time because she definitely posts about some important things. And um, in retrospect, I think I should focus more on some of that, but you live and learn, go follow her. And in the meantime, I hope you like this podcast episode with Victoria. All right, here we are back on the show. We have Victoria Polk. Victoria, thank you so much for coming on. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, this was, this was such, such a no brainer. I couldn't, for me, it wasn't like, you know, if I was going to ask Victoria Polk to be on the show, it was more like when, and I hope she says yes, because she is kicking some serious butt and it's super inspiring. I've been following you for a really long time, so I was super excited when you contacted me. Oh, this is going to be great. Yeah, you are you are something else, man. All right, so before we like, dive into it, there's so many topics that we can, we can touch on for sure, but I think that this is the one thing. It's like you are, you share your racing and your running and like you, so many like your avenues within that um that is really inspiring before we get into we have to mention again and i hate to like focus on this as like a starter but it does play a serious role that you have four young kids so let's talk about the ages of these kids because it's relative to you know just some of the stuff that you're doing which is just out of this world yeah so i have a seven-year-old a soon-to-be six-year-old four-year-old and a two-year-old he just turned two that is wild. All right. So where were you and what was your running history like before this period of time where, you know, Victoria, you know, not only as a runner, but also as a mother who's obviously spending a lot of time in that as well. And this it's a lot of kids in a very short amount of time. So let's talk about you as a runner kind of before this period. Um, well, I started in middle school. I ran track and field in middle school 
And then when we jumped, when I jumped to high school, I had no idea what cross country even was. I thought it was running through a forest, up and through hills, through water. And I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. My dad was like, you need to try this. Then I found out it was a 5K and I freaked out. And I continued on, but every season I'm like, I'm going to quit. I don't like this. And then I continued on (laughs) and ended up loving it and continuing. Um, And then from there, I ran for Palm Beach Atlantic University for a season and then ended up coming back home um, and getting married. (laughs) Gotcha. All right. So let's talk about the high school experience, because, you know, a lot of people, when they get into it at first, especially if it's not something that they like immediately gravitated to. They like, like, oh my God, 5K, three miles, you know, like that's, that's, that feels like forever when you're a kid. Um, what was that process for you of, of dealing with it? Cause it seemed like it didn't have this immediate, like, you know, once you do the distance, sometimes you've like that, that you drop the fear, right? You do this and you're like, oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> the way you present this, it was like, no, 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 <laughs> it was bad the whole time. So what was that process for you uh, of dealing with something that you really weren't that big of a fan of and kind of sticking with it? Yeah. So I actually ended up running all four years. <laughs> I don't know, like the first year, um, I really liked, I loved the team I was with and the coaches were great. And I did like, like the, the, like the actual strength of it all and running on the track. Like I was doing it for track cause I loved track. And so I was like, okay, I need this to build my endurance so that I can run in track. And um, I ended up liking cross country more than track come junior and senior year because it was like, oh, one race early in the morning and you're done. You're not sitting on a field all day long running three races throughout the day or off and on, off and on in track. Um, So I would say that the community kept me going, the girls on the team and um, the camaraderie of like running camp each summer. Like that was so fun. And eventually I just grew to love it as I adjusted to the distance because I went into it not knowing anything. Like, I don't, like I said, what are we running through the forest? <laughs> so let's talk about your track experience then because it was funny because like, I was like, hey, let's talk about your running before. You immediately gravitated towards the cross country side that you didn't really like, but you kind of left the track part out at first. So talk about track and how like you and how you and why you didn't necessarily go there first when it came to recalling like your your first entree into the sport. Well, and because first it was basically order the the cross country seasons in the fall and the track in the spring. So me and both my my dad and I are both like, well, let's do the cross country, get you in shape for track. Um, and then the coach, um, at that time was like, you know, you, you do really well with distance. So when I ended up with track, it was the mile and two mile. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Which again, I was like, this is, this is much more different than middle school, which the, the longest race was a mile, I think. And so jumping from the mile to the two mile and in in middle school, I ran the 400 and the 800, which is a a beast in the high school level. Oh, the 400, 800. Yeah, that's that is tough for sure. You're just burning the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different type of race. And my coach is right. I ended up really liking the two mile, which is crazy. But um, 
I did I did pretty well in it and I liked the fact that I didn't have to like if you messed up just a little bit, you had a little bit of time to recover. If you tripped, that didn't ruin the entire race. Were you tripping in a lot of two mile track races? <laughs> no. <laughs> some of the some of the faster ones, they you would get cut off. You would get cut That's off. That's true. They, it can get physical. Were you were you more of like the aggressor with the physical nature, or were you the recipient of some of some blows? <laughs> I was the recipient on those turns, those tight turns. The spikes came out now. It w- it was good for the most part. There was just certain races like regionals was intense and getting to regionals was intense. So, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Getting to regionals. I I always laugh cuz like I, I, we're not going to keep this part of the podcast. Dave, take this part out. Um, <laughs> when I hear about regionals, I always think of what is that? Is it glee? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> There's always like is it all these chorus shows or whatever or movies. Like it's always about like we need to get to regionals, but like I, where I live, there was no such thing as regionals. It's like regionals always is like big thing in these movies. I'm like, yeah. Are, <laughs> does regionals even exist, or is it just in this subgenre of movies and TV shows where they they always highlight it, but no one ever goes to states? It's always regionals. It's is always like the regional. thing. <laughs> and you know what, Dave? Keep this in. We're gonna keep this part in because it's just where my mind goes, and I know it's super random, but. <laughs> It's, it's, Regionals is the big thing. No, it's state. It's state. <laughs> gosh, it's so true. All right. So you mentioned so you, you go to college for a year. You start running there, and then you decide to come home and get married at that point. Mm-hmm. So how, at, at that point, when you left school and kind of like – obviously, you left the team atmosphere, which, you, as you mentioned, in high school, you were a huge part of. That was an enormous draw for you. Did you imagine yourself continuing running in more of an individual type setting or were you kind of like on the lookout for potential groups to join to keep the running going? Well, I actually, um, it was kind of like a part of life where I almost didn't run anymore. <laughs> I liked, I liked the team that I was on, but just like the, the intensity of college cross, like college running was a lot for me. <laughs> like I just, it, it was, it was pretty intense more than I, had anticipated. Um, can, we, can we talk about exactly what was the what was the intense part of it for you that really kind of rubbed you the wrong way? Probably, well, part of it was um, the coach that I had really wanted to, like, I signed up for this team, and because the coach drew me there, like, I was like super excited to work with her. Um, and then she ended up having to move away unexpectedly and transfer to another state, um, and so we were all kind of left like. What do we do? In a, kind of like that limbo, and we had a, a stand-in, and she would she would basically give the workouts to us to facilitate it. Um, and she was great, but just you know, part of the okay. Well, now the coach is gone, and then um, traveling and roommate life. I ended up with a roommate who wasn't an athlete, and so she didn't quite appreciate that I had to get up every single morning at five a.m. <laughs> Cause she, it was opposite. It was a very opposite um, type of person, hanging out, having fun, staying up late. Where I'm like, I need to go to sleep. I'm so sorry. I'm so lame. Like, so you guys were on completely different trajectories from a college college standpoint. The Um, person who roomed us did not do their homework. Right. You you fill out these like 25 page questionnaires, and you're like, yeah, is sleep schedule one of the questions? Because this obviously is the issue. It was. It was. So it was a bunch of like a combination of all those things, some family things that I was um, dealing with that it just kind of all took 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 the fun out of running. 
Gotcha. So when you came back, what was that experience like? Obviously, it's, it's exciting, right? Because you're you're getting married, and that's obviously a huge and exciting part of, of any person's life. Um, so did running fade away for a little bit? How did it How did it play a part in your life during that during that tenure? Well, I actually um, went and tried out as a walk on for UCF's team. So uh, University of Central Florida? Yes, University okay. of Central Florida. So I went and I went through the tryout process and um, they started kind of like, you know, showing me what it would look like to be on the team and what was expected and the the dates of all the um, the races. And I think one of the bigger races was like around my wedding day. And so just, again, like the combination of, because I didn't live on campus, I, li- I had to drive to campus. And again, it was like 5 a.m. wake up calls every single day. And then, oh, you have school and oh, you're planning a wedding too. And it's just like, oh, man. Yeah. Commuting as a division one athlete is tough. I mean, it's tough anyway. It's tough, yeah. and, and it's tough under the best circumstances. But as a commuter, it can really be tough from a time, from a time perspective. Yes, yes, yes. It was, it was, it was big. And I, I didn't really know. I didn't really know any of that. And so we, me and um, the coach that I was working with there, we talked about, he's like, you know, if you want to do it later, you can. Um, but yeah, I, I basically told him that I just don't think it's the right time. And so I did just figured I'll just run for fun. You know, I'll just keep up with my fitness and um, just have some fun with running and maybe take a little bit of a break. So of with, with like the intensity and the competitiveness of it. And the, when you think back to that era, you mentioned that the social part was a big part for you. Did you enjoy the practices more or the racing more? If you had to, I mean, I say the practice, I don't mean like, all right, today we're just going for the eight mile easy run. I guess I mean like the hard workout day with your teammates or the races. Did you have a strong preference for either of those? Uh, hard workout day. Really? So why, why, what about the races? The nerves. The nerves. <laughs> and I say this to, I say this, I'm asking Victoria this question if anyone's asking, like, what a weird question to ask. Because now she is a killer at races. So I, I, I bring this full circle at, at some point. Tell me about the nerves. Because you're out there crushing it right now. And you're obviously having the, it seems from afar, like you're on the complete other end of the spectrum. So what was, what about those nerves, especially with hindsight being 2020, uh, was so challenging? And this, this happened, this happened the whole time. So I'm surprised I stuck with it um, through all the school time. But I was so nervous, like the day before, the night before, I barely slept. (laughs) And then, like, I think there, I I remember clearly a couple nights of just maybe sleeping two hours, just laying there awake and, like, my stomach in knots. And at those parts, I was like, I'm never doing this again. Like, if I can't even sleep, like, why am I doing this to myself? It was, it that was probably, yeah. But then when we had workouts and stuff, it was always... I don't know. It was I, I didn't have I guess it was pressure. I put a lot of inner pressure on myself. It was it a t- was it a team thing? Cuz obviously if you're running with a team and cross country is you know you, you're scored as a team. Obviously, it's the weirdest team sport in the world because it really is based on your individual performance. You're, you literally can't help your teammates really in the course of a race. Any I mean I know there's 
before anyone says anything. I know there are ways to help, but you can't like stop running and physically help a teammate. You can say something as you're running with them or whatever, but it's, it is it is a unique kind of team sport. So was it like the idea of letting your team down or was it more like not reaching your own potential or going to the well all the way or or what was it? It was, yeah, setting setting up my own expectations of what I wanted to do and not being able to achieve it. Um, I really, really wanted to, like, my number was originally getting in, like, the low 19, 5K time, and then I really wanted to break 19, like, all of high school, all of the college time period. And then even beyond that, when I started running again, that was like, it was just a number. Like I was running, running for numbers, basically. And the numbers got to me. <laughs> yeah, this is the number side, right? Because it's, I go back and forth with this because obviously like it can be a detriment for exactly the things that you just mentioned, right? It can start off as a positive and all of a sudden it morphs into something that isn't quite as positive. And then all of a sudden it's a stressor and it's external stress and all of that. And yet it can be, it can be motivational, right? To be like, all right, no, this is what I'm personally capable of. It's not like some wacky time I just pulled out of nothing. So it's like, I know I can do this, so let's kind of set out and do it. So how did you, and this doesn't have to be chronological. I know we started chronologically, but we can kind of expand it past that. How did you alter your relationship with time goals and external goals um, over time um, as you've gotten faster? Like, spoiler alert, you have broken 19 for anyone who's curious. <laughs> you've gone way faster than that, in fact. Yeah. Um, so how have you reconciled your own motivations and goals in light of um, what in the past has been a, a sticky situation? Um, well, I've kind of basically just, well, and I continually tell myself this, um, is that nothing bad is going to happen if I get it or not. Like, nothing's going to happen. Either you get it and that's great, but if you don't, well, then you try again. <laughs> it's just, it, it was like, because I remember back in high school, my coach is like, the times you're running in these workouts, like, they're not transitioning to the races. Why do you think that is? Like, he asked, he would ask this many times. And like, you're the it, coach, dude. You tell me. No, I'm I know, kidding. I'm right? sorry. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> but I, ultimately, I just, I, I came to the conclusion that I would choke, that I would just see, see the, see, basically see it in front of me and want to grab it and then just get scared and, and just, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to go. Was it scared of succeeding or was it more like you just weren't willing to go to the well in a race the way that you can now, knowing what you've gone through as opposed to like in a workout? Obviously, you're never going to empty yourself in a workout the way you do in a race. And I guess part of the part of the prediction game is, OK, if you can do this in a workout, you can do more in a race because in a race, you're going to give that extra two to three percent that you're not that you that you shouldn't give in a workout because you won't be able to recover the, the same way. Yeah. Um, I think I was more afraid of challenging someone else and not being able to 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 complete that challenge, to like take over and take that spot mm. that I'm fighting for, basically. So you feel like if you were time trialing 
during those years that maybe you would have gotten the time as opposed to running with running against peers and competitors? Well, you know, the one time that I got the time that I wanted, which it was in track, it was a two mile and I wanted to break 12 for the two mile. Ooh, and so amazing fast, I, Victoria Polk, with the speed. <laughs> yeah, I like that speed. But um, they actually, because it was more of like a, a two school meet. So it was just us and one other school. So it was a more for fun, not sanctioned type of meet. So that might've been part of it. But they had one of the male runners run with me. And he kept me paced the whole time. And he got me basically through that finish line, breaking the the 12 minutes. I think it was like 11.55, I think was the time. I've never run with a pacer, but you hear people talk about it. And I love to talk to you about it right now is, were you able to do what they say of like, just basically turn your brain off and just kind of like, obviously like your brain is working super hard, but you don't have to be in that prediction game of like, how fast am I going? Should I speed up? Should I not do this? Should I do that? And being hyper aware of your surroundings, like what was that experience like for you? I mean, it was definitely that being able to turn my brain off, but also like knowing, I don't know, there was something in me that I was like, you can't, you can't slow down. Like he's, he's here and he's working with you and he's helping you get to the end. So like, you oh. gotta, you gotta put your show on and, and get it done. <laughs> so you have like this responsibility. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. It wasn't just me anymore. It wasn't just me by myself running on a course. It was like, no, there's someone else here that's pushing you and telling you to go. So you have to do it now. <laughs> and then when that happened, where you kind of broke through that barrier, mm-hmm. did that, was that, did, were you able to draw lessons from that that helped you later on or did, could, did the lessons come later? No, I did. Um, and then of course, like when we were at, what's, I forget the race before regionals. Sectionals? Districts. Districts? <laughs> Hold on. I got to put I gotta put on one of these. I got to put Lee back on. What comes before regionals? They always talk about regionals. I don't know what comes before that. Yeah, I think it's districts. <laughs> I love this. I love this. Every every area of the country is so different. Like there are, none of these things exist where I live. It's like you are competing and then you go to states. A, we live in Rhode Island. It's a small state in the, world, in the union. Like Rhode Island's as big as Jacksonville. Like you're in Florida. So like it's oh like to gosh. put that in perspective. It's huge. Yeah. And so before districts, it's the metro, metro championships, then district championships, then regionals, then state. I feel like you could, you could, you could alter the names of these because they're <laughs> almost meaningless. You could just shuffle them around and be like, no, no, no. It goes sectionals, district, then metro. And be like, oh, okay. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. <laughs> um, but it was that race that I was like, I don't think, because we, our, our, dis- our district was pretty competitive. So um, I didn't think I would go to regionals, but, you know, again, our co- my coach is there. He's like, you never know what's going to happen. You don't know who's showing up today. You don't know if they're going to run their their prime performance or not. So you just need to go for it. And so I did. And I used that previous race to kind of just help me accept the challenge and take the challenge. So that whole race. I was running with one other girl, basically. And I think it's the top four that go. So we were basically fighting for that fourth spot. It was top four or top three. I can't remember. But basically, that final spot, we were fighting for it. And I I got it. It was great. Like, (laughs) I learned a little bit about how to accept the challenge. I love that. All right. So let's talk about um, 
after you after you got married, right during that period in time, right? What was the time gap between then and your first child being born? Um, two years. Two years. Okay. So when did you start to when did you start down the path of embracing running the way that you currently embrace it, right? Post post college. I want to say like recently, actually. Okay. Um, probably within the last three three ish years, because of course there's like there's there's gaps there. Because you're pregnant, I'm pregnant, and then I have to recover from each pregnancy. So there was some nice, nice size gaps between each baby, um, uh, and training. So I would say that it's between my my third kid, my third baby. After I had him, I was like, okay, I'm gonna start. I want to get fast again, and so I I got together with my my the first coach I had since college. Um, and we worked together and then, um, she got me close, close to the breaking 19, very close. Let's give her a shout out. Who was that? Erica Weiss. Erica Weiss. Hey, you go, Erica. Shout out. Erica's, Erica's also fast as hell too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's amazing. (laughs) All right, so you so so after baby number three, then you really start to ramp it up. Okay, so when that happened, and you restarted this journey, I know for a lot of people, um, then they get back into something they've done in the past. It can it can be easy to harken back to those times when you were at your best, and be like, and, and that can be troublesome. It's like, oh, well, I'm not there now, and all of a sudden you're doing this comparison game now with other people. That almost completely goes to the side is comparing ourselves to the previous version of ourselves. What was that part like for you? It was rough. It was, um, and I would say specifically after um, after my third baby. So I had him, took the time off. I signed up with Erica. We started working together. And I want to say it was like a good, strong, like six, seven months. <laughs> and then I ended up... Um, once I had like I six, seven months of like good, strong training, like getting my speed back. So I want to say it was probably a year and a half um, of actual running. Um, and then I ended up ha- getting pregnant again <laughs> with my fourth baby. So I remember telling her, yeah, Eric, I'm going to have to slow down. Um, I'm not going to be able to push as fast or as hard. And so we we trained a little bit longer, but after a while, I was like, "Well, I don't I don't see the point in you know training right now." <laughs> um, so I'm just going to run a few miles on my own until I'm done being pregnant and I have the baby and can start again. Yeah, for sure. When you when you got that speed back, and I know, and and again, I'm going to reference this conversation a lot in the future, and I'm going to reference right now the conversation I had with Kate Barrett last month that this is. This journey is different for every person. And I want people to take what Victoria is saying right now and say, hey, well, she did it, so I should be able to do it. Please don't go down that road. Not only is every person different, every pregnancy is different, every recovery is different, so on and so forth. So we're just going to focus just on you. But I w- I'm going to put that, dis- that disclaimer more and more because I don't want people to have this sense of like, if she can, why aren't, it, why aren't I doing it? And all of a sudden, people take negatives from this conversation when it should just be positives. Absolutely. Um, so when that when that speed did come back for you, how did that go with like your love of of doing this? Did the love precede 
the speed or was like did the fitness come first and all of a sudden here comes the the passion comes is coming back and coming back now i would say the love preceded it and to go back because i I don't even know if i answered your question but so i had my fourth baby and after that i remember looking at photos looking at my times and being like i was so fast like now i can barely walk without being in pain like, how am I ever going to get back there again? Like, it's just not going to happen. There's no way. Like, this is my fourth this is my fourth C-section, and it was Ooh. really tough. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was um, two years ago, right? That was two years ago, okay. yeah. Yes, yes. And so, you know, my husband was very encouraging. He's like, just, just don't worry about it. Just every day, when as soon as you're cleared to go, you do a little, little by little, little by little. So I originally started with walking, then like basically ground up every time, which was super hard mentally. Because again, I look back, you get those memories pop up. This time last year, you were doing this and that. Like, no, stop it. (laughs) Don't tell me that. Um, But yeah, you know, walking and then walk jogging and then jogging. And then um, that's, I started talking with, my second coach, which is Seth Funderburg, and he understood like the whole aspect of parenting and like how to handle parenting with running. Um, and so he started working with me doing that. And little by little, we we started working more on like the mantra of the love of running and like, oh, well, why do you run? Like, what is your reason for running? What are your pillars for running? Oh, Please share. I can't wait to hear it. So it's I am and we are. So it's very like, you know, you you think about the goals that you have and then how does that um, contribute to we, the community of runners. Um, And so throughout the year, depending on where I'm at, it's like, you know, I am, I'm gritty, I'm strong. And together we are, um, you know, a community of badass runners, you know, (laughs) like, depends on 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 the time of what's happening but um just that team like we have a, a pretty close knit group of people that we run together with um and i don't know it just started i started just really appreciating just the gift of being able to run um because now more than ever i just i know where i came from and so I try to remind myself of that, like, this is where you came from, and this is what has helped you get to where you are right now. Which is damn fast. So over the last year, let's talk about like the schedules that your coach gives you and your ability to make them happen. Because this is something that a lot of parents... Uh, have to deal with, especially parents of younger kids, where all you have these obligations and you, you have a small business as well. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on. And obviously your running is very important to you. But at the same time, it also is a luxury. We recognize that. And like there are a lot of things that have to come before the run does. Um, so what's been your, basically, what is the, the typical scheduling process that your coach provides? And what's been your ability to make that happen and when how often like maybe do you miss a day and, and just like when things pop up and and the versatility uh within it well i mean surprisingly i haven't really had to miss days sometimes i have to like reorganize the days so if it's like a longer workout 
um, that doesn't coincide. Because basically, my husband works out super early, and then he comes home, and that's when I get my workout in, and then he goes to work. We're we're he we chose to live very close to his job, so it's very helpful in the sense that he lives five minutes from work. <laughs> so it's like I have a good, and it's very flexible. So I have a pretty good hour and a half to get my work in. Um, and then it like six to seven thirty or six six thirty to eight. How does that work? It's about seven. Yeah, starts about seven seven a.m. and then okay. eight eight thirty, depending on the day. Um, the, my coach, we believe in like quant- quality over the quantity, and that tends to work for me specifically. I know that's different for others, but for me, like I'm not a super high mileage runner. I think at the most I so far have run 40 miles max, maybe really? a little over that. Yeah. Wow. I don't think I've ever even, I don't think I've ever run 50 miles like in a week. So do you run, how many days a week do you run typically? I run about five to six days. Okay. All right. So, so at least one, at least one rest day. Yes. For and sure. And there's usually um, a cross training day. So it's usually five days plus a cross train day plus a recovery day or optional you know, 20-minute run day. I'm glad I asked that question because this, this does play a part in a lot of people, right? So some people will run seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And so 40 miles looks very different for a seven-day-a-week runner than a five-day-a-week runner, yeah. right? So if you're averaging high 30s and you're running five days a week, that's obviously anyone can do that math. We're talking on average seven to seven and a half miles a day, which if like, again, if you're running, say, six days a week and you're putting in that kind of mileage, then you're in the mid-40s. Yeah. Right. So this is this is like an important distinction. So I don't want people to like to, to, to lose track of that and how that might fit into their schedule. How do the rest days work for you? Obviously, you um, are very fit and you're dedicated in this. Um, the cross training days and the rest days, is that something that you've embraced or is that something that you chafed against? Um, at first, yeah, I did not want to do them. <laughs> but I've actually really grown like grown to crave them and enjoy them and like cherish them for what they are like cross training. I love it because it keeps me loving running because when, when I didn't have a coach, I started to like just not want to run anymore because it it got boring. It got dull. Like, here we go again, another day of running a few miles. Um, so that cross training day keeps it interesting. And I really like that aspect of it. Me personally, I want to like want to run the next day. And when you get burnt out, because that's what was happening with me, I just was getting burned out. I did I did try and run every day and I did try to run a lot of mileage every day. I never got more than 50 because like I said, I'm a short distance runner. So anything over I mean, at this point, I see a 14 miler day and I'm excited. Um, but I didn't used to be. You know, like my long runs were six miles. <laughs> that was my long run for a good majority of my life. So um, that that's something that both my coach and I try to work towards is like, crave the run, don't get burnt out. We avoid injury. So you're not going to overwork yourself. Um, especially this year. Last month we had, 
I had four four races, and that's that's not common. This is a great point. Thank you for mentioning that because this this is a huge thing. Because those days, especially if you're like if you're racing with a purpose, those are huge stress days. Yeah, and that plays again. This is why like just hearing someone's mileage is not enough, right? It's like how many days are they running? Also, if you're going out there and you're racing your hardest every weekend. That's another thing that needs to be recovered from, which is which is a huge thing. Let's talk about reselection. How do you go about doing it? Um, not just in terms of like goal races, but like just the whole process, right? Because racing like that is pretty atypical for basically a non-high school or college athlete. Like you're not going to see many people who are racing that often. So how do you decide not only what races to do, but the distances and the frequency? Well, you know, um, this year was actually the first year that I wanted to expand a little bit more um, and run. And I, honestly, I don't, I probably sign up for one race a month just because of all the other stuff that's going on in life. But also um, here in Orlando, like the Central Florida area, um, I don't know, Track Shack is um of course track shack is well known i I love those guys you guys are crushing it yes (laughs) well track shack um has a running series and so that for me this year was like what i wanted to do i wanted to place in their top five running series and then go yeah so because i for me i'm like okay i want to start just within my community and then expand and go from there. Cause I've I've never run like in another state. I haven't run too far from home. Um, aside from like uh Palm Beach Atlantic. So I guess then I did like Ohio and I did a couple of other places, but that was so long ago. Um so that has been like, okay, that one race per month, except for January, which I had a couple other things that I wanted to sign up for which I did. And it was, it was very uncommon. I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> so what race length are the ones that you really get pumped for? Um, well, I didn't know this until this year, but I really do like the half marathon. Oh, um, I did not expect that answer, man. I, I gotta be honest with you. I did not think you're going in that direction. It, this is new. It's new for me. It's very new for me because originally I was like, oh, 5K, 5K all the way. I love fi-, And I do. I love the 5K. Um, but again, I like the, the, I don't know. It's long enough. So again, if you make a mistake, if you, if you don't do so hot in the first mile or you could still recover, you could still get another, you could still get back. You can get back to it. You got plenty of time to get back. Um, whereas a 5k, it's like, oh, if you squash one mile that you're, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> so true. So what did that, what did that? half marathon feel like considering that you just mentioned that like you know 14 mile run is like hey that's huge that's great that's great for me it's something i'm excited about but obviously if you're not going to be in like the double digits all the time as a long run a half marathon might feel a little different than for someone who's consistently running an hour and a half to two hours on the weekends yeah um that was a question i had a lot during my training because again, I I I am ready to give 110 percent every every single day for running because I really do love it. But um, I'm trying to learn like, okay, not every day is a hardcore day. Like some days are 
easy going where you need to keep your heart rate super low. Other days are you're running on feel. Other days, let's hit these pace ranges. Like they're not all the same thing every day. Um, and so with the half, I was pretty scared. I'm like, this is going to be so long. How do I get through this? How am I going to be able to run it? As like, what time do I even go for? So, um, I just kind of approached it off of feel like, well, let's see what happens. Let's okay. It's kind of like my long run. Um, just, you know, race mode. So you'll be running with a bunch of other people, which will be fun. Keep you entered to like, keep you distracted and entertained. <laughs> um, and so I didn't really know what to expect. I think I've run a total of five half marathons and two of them were within two months of each other this past year. So December and January. Um, and those were the first two that I was like, let me see what I can do here. Let's go for it and see how fast basically I can run this. Um, not knowing what to expect at all. <laughs> so it was great. Like I definitely did much better than I thought I would have done. All right. So you have done exceptionally well. So I've been hinting at this all the time. Can you tell us some of the, the PRs that you have set over the last year? Because I'm going to ask some follow-up questions, but I want to just like lay the groundwork for those questions now. Oh, gosh. Okay. So I got all my PRs of my life this year. <laughs> this year. Um, so the 5K, which is my special favorite, was uh, 1742. Um, and then the half marathon. Oh, gosh. I know. I remember the average pace. It was a six. 618 average pace, but I can't remember the number. Do we need to bring it up? Can you get the special V dot app while we're out here? Yeah, I do not remember it. Half marathon. You said 618? Yeah, that was the pace. 122? I think I broke 122, like barely. Like okay, so you ran some nice tangents. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I wish I could remember. It was okay, so it was one because yeah, last year I ran it and it was a 132. This past year, I ran it, and it was a 1.22, and then I broke it. Um, my most recent half marathon, it was a one twenty one, a high 121. Yeah, so just just made it out of the 122 range. So flying, flying, broke 10, minute, 10 minutes off the time from the previous year. Um, obviously, we should, we should you know, throw that in there. Like, dude, at that point, you're also a year from, from childbirth, so it's yeah. not like, you know, no. Taking yeah. lopping 10 minutes off isn't like the normal, like, hey, I improved 10 minutes in a year. Like, there are context is important with all of these conversations. Um, but here you are. These are some incredible, incredibly <laughs> fast times. And you should obviously be super proud of the, the hard work that you're putting in. It really is remarkable. You did have a post, I'm going to read this verbatim on December 29th, right before the end of the new year. And it, it, when I was reading it, I was like, I wonder if she's talking to herself here because it does feel like, especially now that I'm talking, now, now that I'm listening to you talk now, it definitely feels like that those posts that we have sometimes where we're like, remember this moment, self. Um, so let me, it's funny. Of course, as soon as I say that, I then click out of it by mistake. So I have to like <laughs> scroll back here. Here we go. Okay. This is from run underscore Victoria underscore run. Everyone should go follow Victoria. Obviously, I dare you to go for it. I dare you to look your goal dead on and declare that you are capable, that you are able, that you can, and then get it done. It may hurt. It may be bumpy. 
It may it will be, it will get gritty. You will want to quit at times, but the end result, if you keep going, makes it entirely worth it. You are worth it. You can and you will. Let's bring the heat and let's get it done. That had that feeling of like <laughs> I'm talking to myself in this post. Um, were you were you the target audience? I was. I, well, that's the thing. Like every most all the posts that I do, it's like I'm talking to myself, and I'm pretty sure other people feel the same way. So it's like. I'm just going to share this because I'm feeling this way. I know there's going to be other people that feel the same. Um, But that one in particular, yeah. I think that was like, I want to say a few days before um, the next half, the second half marathon that I was going to do. And I really wanted to to go for it. and to Because the first one, I was like, all right, well, let's see what happens. The second one, I'm like, okay, I'm more familiar with the distance. I'm more familiar with my pace. I know what I can do. Can I do it a little bit better? Let's let's see. Let's see. Um, so it ended up being a really it, hilariously because it was raining. Like it was raining. It was super, super windy. It was by the beach. So um, the wind was like there. I, I think I posted one photo that's me like really squinty face and everything because the wind and the rain was like pfft. so crazy enough. That's where I got my PR <laughs> and it was pretty, pretty, pretty great. Like, I think I like this. I think I like the half marathon. <laughs> well, it shows how, how, how much time and effort you'd put in. That is for sure. So let's talk about lessons here because while we are all run different paces and we're all born different, we have different genetic profiles and all of that, there can be some common themes that can help runners of any ilk. So what are some of the things that you've learned not just over time, but certainly in the past year, you you really brought your running to a completely different level than it has been. And I know it's not easy. And I know this wasn't just like, hey, you didn't just stumble into this. You obviously are very intentional and you've learned from things and you've really, really done an incredible job. So enlighten us, Victoria Polk. What are some things that you have learned that you can share with us so we can reach our potential the way you are seemingly getting close to reaching yours? <laughs> Well, definitely consistency um, and just just showing up like not every day is going to be amazing. Some workouts are going to just flop. But the fact that you, I still do it, you still do it, you still show up and get it done is like building a layer for the next time, the next the next rotation. So I guess that leads me to the next thing is like layers so we're building we're building something for the future um and so with that comes like bit by bit you know, it's not going to happen overnight again like it's taken two years so far just to go from my my fourth baby to now to really like click with where I am and what I want to do in the future um and so understanding that these are building blocks and approaching each workout, each race as a building block and learning experience has helped me tre tremendously because it really alleviates that inner pressure that I have. Um, if I don't perform the way I wanted to, I do get upset at myself. I do get down about it, but it's like, okay, allow yourself five minutes of, oh, woe is me. I'm so upset at myself. And then like, okay, now, now let's move on. That was a great workout. You still achieved it. And we're still going to, it's still building the block for the next race or the next workout um, and still giving you that strength that, that you need. So yeah, consistency, building blocks, 
Um, and just time, just having, just understanding that it doesn't happen. I mean, for some people it does, and those are friggin' prodigies, but like speed and stuff, it takes, it takes consistency and time to really get there. Well, I might have sold you short when I, the way I phrase that question. Who, sa- who says you're close to your potential? You might be late years away from it. You mentioned you have goals, you have stuff you want to do. So what are some of those things? Well, yeah, I definitely do feel like um, I have a lot. I have a lot more to give for sure. Um, I definitely want to branch out and do more runs in other states, like bigger races in other states. Um, I would like to run my first marathon. Um, which this year is looking looking towards that. Um, and I would love to run like the Peachtree 10 miler in DC, the Boston Marathon. Um, what's the other one? There's one in Atlanta. It's a 10K chair. Uh, no, Peachtree 10K. Oh, so the, so the Cherry Blossom 10 miler and the Peachtree 10K? Okay, gotcha. Both both fruits, fruit trees. (laughs) (laughs) Cherry blossom, you know, cherry blossom, D.C., peach tree, Georgia. Um, But I definitely would like to run them at more of the competitive level, see if I can get into that seated window if possible. I love it. Big goals. And why not? Because you're doing some awesome things. 1742 and a 5K, 121 and a half. We're getting there. Off of of 40-mile weeks. Sky is the limit. (laughs) Victoria Polk, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been great. Victoria, thank you so much for coming on the show. Make sure you go give her a follow over on Instagram at uh, run underscore Victoria underscore run. You're definitely going to be glad you did. Thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.